Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Demko. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast presented by Lancaster Archery Supply. We're here at the ATA show as we record this episode. It's really the exposition here to everybody in the archery industry. We have dozens and dozens of top manufacturers from across the country showcasing all their latest and greatest new products, incredible innovations. You can see a lot of the top bow manufacturers here. You can see great trail cams, electronics, scouting gear, archery accessories, and more. You know, when you walk around, there, there's, sometimes there's uh, a manufacturer that really catches your eye. And um, last year, we noticed a code of silence. They have really innovative, quality camouflage. So very excited to have Ev Terrell and Jamie Dykin from Code of Silence. How are you guys? Doing awesome. Doing great. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, it's a cool show, and we're uh, we're dedicated, you know, authentic hunters ourselves. So it's just fun for us to come down and see the show as it is for manufacturers. Yeah. Now, what caught my eye is the quality and the technical aspects that you put into your clothing. You know, there are a lot of great camouflage manufacturers. One of the first things that got my attention is it seems like you're really geared for those mid-season and late-season hunters. So let's talk a little bit about that. I'm assuming you're an, you're an avid bow hunter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a tree more than I uh, care to admit this year, actually. So, That's not a bad thing if you no, have the time. It isn't, it isn't <laughs> but some of it was uh, planned, but some of it's because I didn't fill a tag. So um, it, it's been a great year. But Yeah. Now, did, now you live in Nebraska. Did yes, you happen to did. get a deer in your home state? Did not this year. Passed up some nice deer early and had a couple target bucks that just didn't come together, but... That's kind of bow hunting, you know? That's why it's so cool. Do you hunt as well? I do, yes. Great. All right, so let's start at the beginning. So you obviously wanted to develop a product line where you saw a need in the marketplace, I'm guessing. Yeah. So talk about how Code of Silence came to be. Okay. Well, just a little bit of background. So Jamie and I uh, both came from Cabela's. Um, I was at Cabela's for almost 30 years and ran hunting clothing. For most of those 30 years, and you can imagine all the different uh, concepts, designs, fabrications, uh, really what we call you know programs came out. It's hard to believe with all of that in introduction, all those introductions and all the other you know garment uh, programs you see out there that there was a need, but we really felt there was a need um, you know, for something that's quieter, something that's warmer, something that's uh, more thermal, you know, thermally effective, and then also on the on the concealment side, we really thought there was something that needed to get it done. Uh, so we kind of put the best of our, our workings together and some of our know-how and little bit by little bit came out with a line that we think is uh, is superior in all aspects of keeping you warm, quiet, uh, comfortable, on stand longer. And then the concealment side being a, a huge, huge uh, difference maker with our light reflect or lack of light reflectance, our light absorption which was a big hole in the market. So sorry for the long answer, but um, we really did think there was a, a need and uh, necessity still being the mother of invention. No, and that's all good. And there's so much to dive into here, but let's let's look at uh, what was the first line that you came out with? What was the first product for you that hit the market? Well, we came up with, um, you know, we needed more than just one one answer, I guess, for weather. So we have sort of a, a warm, warmer and warmest concept in Two main fabrics we have, um, they're both wool-based, they're both 100% knit, 
So the camo is knit into the, the fabrics as opposed to being printed like 99% of, of camouflage has been prior, um, which gives us the light absorbance. But but anyway, using really two, two core fabrics and then using different layering insulations, that type of thing, and, and coming out with uh, warm, warmer, and warmest. And warmest being extremely warmest, not just a little bit. It's uh, our cold fall series is... Well, I had a guy stop in yesterday and said, it's going to be 23 below at the Chiefs game on Sunday, and I'm going with your stuff, so mm -hmm. look for me on TV. And that's, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. And it is that level of, you're going to move around a little bit, 23 below. You're not going to be dead still, but it's a it's a zero, sub-zero type yeah. uh, tree stand garment. So, you know, if, if you use it in conditions where temperatures are like 30, zero range, you recommend people carry in that coat and stuff. I mean, it's it's obviously not a still hunting or a, a spot and stalk. You're absolutely using this when you're on the stand. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, no. we always say with cold weather, it's it's more important what you don't wear into the stand is what you do wear when you get to the stand. And you can build the best clothing in the world, but if you're going to get, you know, sweated up walking in, um, which it's not hard to do. I mean, even though when it's 20 degrees outside and you step out of the truck, you go, man, it's cold. I want to put a coat on. It's, it doesn't take long, even when you have something on like we all have on today, to get you warmed up, especially when you got a pack on, uh, you got a bow in your hands, maybe a stand, uh, you're going up steep terrain. It, it doesn't take much. If, if you're not freezing a little bit when you, when you start out your walk, you're probably going to freeze after you get there. So. Yeah. Well, actually, we have Tony Jenny as our social media manager. Tony, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. Even before you came to work for Outdoor Sports Group and Bow Hunter, you were using um code of silence yeah. camouflage so the, now i know you both live in nebraska or all of you live in nebraska i'm assuming yeah. um but there must be something you really like about that clothing line yeah. so why don't you share your thoughts i'm sure you do a lot of cold weather hunting i'm guessing oh, yeah. your <laughs> yeah. bow season goes till the end of december sort it of, is in nebraska. december yeah. Yeah. end of january for does so yeah. you can get yeah. some frigid stuff so. yeah oh, yeah so, i I actually used the cold fall last year on my late season doe hunts after I got back from shot shows. So I was I was pressing it, but we had about 12 inches of clothes or 12 inches of snow on the ground. It was probably 14 degrees, wind was blowing 20 mile an hour, um, and I wore a light merino layer on both up and up and lower, and then I put the cold fall all in the sand. And I was there for probably two and a half hours. I never got cold. Never even got chilly. I mean, it was incredible. But my favorite, I would say, is the camo pattern. And just how dull it is, especially in sunlight. Um, you know, it's not shiny like a lot of camos out there, and, um, and it blends in no matter where you're at. I mean, it's made for that cottonwood river bottom type scene, but I wore it actually elk hunting this year, um, and it, you know, in the pines and the mountains, fits right in. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's targeted toward the whitetail, but it can be used on multiple species in multiple states. So. Awesome. I had to, I had to take advantage of this. So. Tony and I, you know, met a few years ago and have some connections, kind of the area we grew, grew up. Tony's a lot younger than I am, but um, kind of hit it off and, right away. But Tony helped me out with some pictures. This picture, I don't know if you can see it, but this one that Tony took, this is just me kind of standing in the most convenient tree. <laughs> and this is what it looks like in the woods. I mean, it's not Photoshop. It's not like, oh, we got to wait for the sun to get right. or we got to find the perfect tree. It's like, I'm going to climb in that tree and... Every one Tony took looks like that. And yeah, there's basically I'm really no proud of this picture right because now. that is like, that's what it looks like. Well, and let's talk about it. That's one of the hallmarks of your, your product line. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier 
about um, how the fabric is knitted together to give you that camouflage pattern. But and, and Jamie, I think you have a piece here. Can you kindly hand me the, this piece, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But but for those who watch online, it's incredible. When when I met Ev last year, the first thing I said is this is like this amazing dull pattern, which is more of what you see in the woods than really shiny, bright, out of the wow. ordinary things that you might see when wow. you're bow hunters dang a tree, especially yeah. when all the leaves come off the canopy and all the leaves mm -hmm. come off the ground. So it's like this this flat, dull pattern. And uh, there's not a lot of other things, if anything, like it on the market right now. And so um, how did you come up with this? Like, did you go out and do a lot of testing? Did you talk about the process behind coming up with something as unique okay. as this? Well, as far as the cam the camouflage and the, and the fabrics themselves, and there's a lot more going on here than, you know, across all aspects. And, you know, the insulations and the, the windproofness and breathability, separate concept, and we'll talk about that maybe later. Talk about camel pattern first, and been around camel my whole life, seen real tree mossy oak tree bark in the old days, a lot of others in between, rise in great relationships, great stuff. Um, but when we, we knew we wanted something unique for our camel pattern, and didn't want it to be Ev's camo or Jamie's camo or Darren. We have a, a, a third person that it couldn't be here because he's got a bad leg, but um, or bad, he just had surgery. But we wanted this to be nature's camo or a hunter's camo. So what we did in focusing on tree stand was we did a survey um, of people we knew and, and people they knew across the country to come up with an average stand height the tree stand hunters were sitting at which came out at 14.8 uh, feet. And looking at center mass of a six foot person in that 14.8 foot mark, which is 17.8, rounded up to 18. This is called S18, which mm -hmm. stands for stand 18. But then we took that 18 foot mark, went back into the woods, the five most common trees in the woods, looked at that 18 foot mark. What is the branch size? What is the branch density? What is, you know, basically what does the background look like? And that drove the element composition in the pattern. So it is as really in our minds as, as accurate to where you will be hunting and as accurate to the background you will be hunting in as you can get. It is, it is you know, completely objective instead of subjective. And so that's the pattern. But when it goes into the light textures, it's basically synthetic is bad, flat is bad, more texture, more organic components is good and is this is as best as the best we can make it with those with into that context when you print fabrics you add synthetics dyeing is still synthetic but it is a it is takes less ink to saturate a fiber as it does to print a fabric and so these these are yarn dyed and then the pattern is knit in the wool component gives us the organic side and the light reflectance. So if I do a light reflectance under spectrophotometer of a tree, I won't get off on a too much of a detailed tangent here, but if I look at a tree from a light reflectance slash absorbance standpoint, it's X. Most fabrics that you see in the market because they're flat and synthetic are unintended materially different. Uh, and we, we've really narrowed that gap. So we are much closer to actual organic natural backgrounds from a light absorbance. Tony and I took some really cool pictures we still use up in a tree and it's just, it's amazing the difference. It's 
if I had a burlap sack, a faded burlap sack that's color A, mm -hmm. and a plastic bag that's color A, you can imagine which one is easier to see and which one's harder to see. It's night and day, and it's really the same context. So now, it's a really long answer, sorry. but No, no, all yeah. good. Now, in holding this, I'll make a couple assumptions. This is obviously a late season piece. Um, super warm, I'm assuming windproof. Absolutely yes. windproof. Yeah. Um, and quiet windproof. Right. Yeah, so, so let's talk, we'll this talk about this specific fabric product. construction as opposed to a laminate or a or a membrane construction. Membranes are great. They're less breathable in our opinions than they should be. And the biggest issue is that, you know, I could sit here in 72 degrees in this room and it, it feels quiet. You walk outside, it's a whole different story. Yeah, you, you can't hear this at all. I mean, it's amazing. And, you know, it's funny. We're talking about, you know, sort of the evolution of camouflage. When you think back, now, I don't mind saying this, I'm 55. When I was young and started hunting, you were in the woods and people wore camo. Now, you had to know, obviously, if you were walking and doing a lot of hiking, that you'd sweat and get wet and overheat. But it's like there's been this evolution. And you've sort of gone back in one aspect while incorporating all these interesting technologies. But you went back to something that for decades and back, decades back to the and decades yeah. worked for hunters. It's, it's well, totally amazing to me. So, And I, I'm sure if you, you know, people that are listening can relate to this. And, you know, you have a gra grandpa or maybe just an old school person. So, you know, I shot more deer and old wool plaid shirts and well there's a reason for that and it's a lot about what we've just been talking about and uh, the light absorbency of those fabrics much more natural than a lot of and i'm not throwing mud at anyone some great products out there but you know that that light reflectance that a flat highly synthetic fabric has is a huge contrast to what you're going to see in a natural environment yeah i mean you look at this piece and it's absolutely amazing in, in so many regards but uh I'm going to set this down so oh, we can no, continue go, talking go for here. Oh, thank you. I'll say something real quick. It's when we were taking pictures and you got in some ground bushes, you basically disappeared. I was like, whoa, it's borderline a ghillie suit. Um, it's like a form-fitting ghillie suit with the texture and the fade. It's, it's pretty incredible. Now, do you gear this toward like Midwestern, Mid-Atlantic, Northeastern hunters? Is that what the patterns are sort of geared toward? Since we're, you're talking about stand hunting. We're, we're primarily, original focus was not, you know, one state, you know, more Midwest, upper Midwest region. But, you know, and we got into uh, some of the tree species, definitely a lot of carryover into, you know, into the Northeast and the East. And I've, we have people now all across the country and they send us pictures from the Northeast, from the South and a lot of the same light absorbency is is not geographically bound. It really is, and uh, doesn't need to be. Now, Tony, I know you have a lot going on at ATA here, so um, I just want to ask you one last question. Obviously, you used this for the past two or three seasons. You're going to tell people one thing about this camo line, about X product. What is it that you think is the best? Uh, <laughs> I would say the camo pattern. Um, there's a lot of camel pads out there's some good ones but this one is just like it's on another level it really is um, when you get into a tree or look at somebody up in a tree you're like how come nobody else has done this before you know what's I mean? taking so long to get to this point the light reflectancy is a huge deal you don't even think about it as a hunter it's like it doesn't cross your mind until you see it then you're like but you've seen people i'm not sure in pictures like that guy's shining up in that tree or something when you see it in a tree in person it is incredible. and it's quiet i mean as a bow hunter you have to have quiet. It is the quietest gear I've ever used. And super warm. Yeah. And warm. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Now, while we're talking here, before I forget, what's your website? How can people learn more? Um, it's codasilence.com, just like it sounds. Um, and, 
you know, we, we do a pretty good job, I think, of talking about the technologies and the camouflage and the products. And the other thing, and again, I'm not, we're, we're very, you know, we're very humble people. We don't, we're not trying to self-serve and tell these things. It's ultimately seeing people with bucks and trucks really makes us smile. And, but anyway, um, the, the manufacturing side, so very blessed to have extensive background in manufacturing, built clothes for 30 years for Cabela's. Jamie and I work together. She's she's smarter than I am, to be honest with you. Very, but that manufacturing background allows us to build products very efficiently. So we don't try to cut, undercut anyone on price, but you're, you're going to pick up a piece and go, wow, this thing's the greatest thing you ever saw. It's quiet, it's warm, it does everything I thought. And it's, that coat's $180. And we're proud of that. But again, we're not trying to undercut anyone. It's just... We think we can make money selling at those prices, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, so, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask is, I think I saw someone, what, what is your coldest gear line? I saw one that you have one that goes way below zero. So, so that's the cold fall line. That's the one that guy's taking to the Chiefs game. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, so like people, there's a dedicated group that love late season bow hunting because you can pat our deer. And I'm assuming you do, you know, a, a fair amount of hunting before the season closes. Oh yeah. And I, even in where I live in Pennsylvania, I'll do some January hunting because we have an archery season that runs uh, where I live till, oh, I want to say about the last Saturday of the month. And so I've always wanted to get out and people say you're crazy because most archers really hang it up. Right. But if you're really a diehard and you're targeting one or two deer, that may be one of the few times a year you might be able to get on that deer with any yeah. kind of consistency. Exactly. And so when I saw that 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 cold weather line for like really frigid extreme temperatures, I was pretty impressed. And you know, I think I think the hunters who really want to get out, you're always looking at ways to stay warm in addition to layering and having quality boots and stuff. It's hard to stay on that stand more than oh, yeah. ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the big thing in the Midwest is when if you're not windproof in Nebraska in January or December, you're not staying out there for more than an hour. Right. And I've worn pieces that claim to be windproof, and, you know, within half an hour, you got a chill setting in. I never had a chill set in with this stuff. And that's because I'm glad you brought it up, because that, that is huge. That's the quickest way to get cold. Even here, the temperature this morning was in the 20s, and last night, the wind picked up. It had been in the 40s, and it dropped 25 degrees, and that wind started to go. The temperature difference, just walking around, is incredible when you're outside. Night and day. So to stand on a stand for two, three hours is pretty hard. Even if you can mentally condition yourself, it's just tough to stay warm. Now, you probably have several new items this year. I don't know, Jamie, if you brought anything, but let's talk about what you have new for 2024 a bit. We'll start with this piece. Yeah, new. So, as Ev said, we use a lot of um, wool-based fabrics. We have our Berber wool, our fleece wool. This year, we're um, having a lighter weight and layering systems made out of merino. Yeah, so so let's go through this. Uh, this is, now I will say, compared to what we were just holding, the, the cold, yeah. this is incredibly lightweight. This is yes. something that I say I would wear in September, October, maybe as a layer in November, uh, where I live in Pennsylvania. Right. So we're still tweaking the color a little bit. It, it will be you know, uh, spot on to the original color that we started with. And these are still in the development stage, but this is a merino wool. It is knit um, in the same manner that our heavier weight product we just went over. So it died at the yarn level, and then the pattern is actually knit in. Um, so this is our, what we call our, these are all merino LR, standing for LR for light reflectance. We have a merino LR base, and then I didn't bring this, the, the products, but we have a merino LR, what we call shell, 
really proud of this. Um, it's really easy to do knit in the heavyweight products. Yes. Yeah. It's really right. easy to do knit in the lightweight products, but the in-between, almost impossible. And I could I could print mid-weight fabrics. We could print right. and have them long, no problem. Change color, it's like falling off a log. But to build knits and medium weights that are affordable, almost impossible. And it's been a three-year process, but we got into the, uh, the bonding of, of merinos. And so here you have a 200 gram, 80% merino is bonded to a stretch back shell and bonding being key in how you create windproofness without giving up breathability and still maintain stretch. So you have a, a four-way stretch fabric, about 300 and I think 40 grams in totality, slide through the woods better, uses a great outer shell. We have a, we have a hoodie, we have a jacket, we have a pant. I was just uh, running this in a coyote derby last weekend, and it's just a do-all, all-purpose midweight product. It's, but still not giving up on the light absorbency. Right. So for which every, is key. So sorry about that. So sorry everybody it, who's it, watching online, sense, you could see um, the pattern, and as you were talking about how it's all integrated together, and really this is incredibly lightweight. You know, um, when will this be out on the market? I know it's new for 2024, but sometimes the products come out later in the spring yep. or even the summer. This fall. If, so be able to start if Jamie this. would quit messing with the styles, we could get it stocked right away. A perfectionist? Like, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, honestly, we both are, but it's important. We want to make sure that it's done right, you know? Right. And definitely we, we put the fabrics through the ringer and are really excited about how that's been holding up and, and keeping to our, our core of, you know, the light absorbency, um, you know, the silence and the warmth. And, and Merino, you know, it's, it's great yeah. fabric. Um, we're, we're excited for this, this new series. So yeah, this fall. Now, um, in general with your products, what's the size range? And I should also ask, or we should talk about, do you do any type of woman's? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Um, <laughs> two questions. I'm going to take the first one. Go ahead. Okay. So sizing, you know, we started out, you know, really conservatively and yeah. we launched in 22. So this was kind of our second fall. Um, originally we were kind of medium through two X, keep it, keep it clean. Um, this year and everything we added, we went into talls, we went into big sizes. We're actually, people say we're crazy at our size of company beat offering four extra larges, but we just had enough guys that were, you know, that size of person that wanted to be in a tree stand. We said, we're going to, we're going to match it. So we did that. And, uh, everything we've, we've offered new and we will catch everything up that we offered originally into the tall and bigger sizes as we as we reorder, but um, full size, full size range across the board. Women's, you need to talk to the experts. So. Um, we are looking to incorporate some women's styles. And, and I, I think I appreciate that because, you know, more and more women are getting into yeah. hunting and even bow hunting. And so, sure. you yep. know, you, you have such a quality line here that I thought, you know, there's probably an interest or a demand or you yeah. at least had some inquiries in that. So, yeah, no, that that's awesome. Now, you do make uh, other things. You have a, a great pack line, right? Let's talk yeah. about the packs. Now, we don't have a pack here, but let's talk about the concepts behind the pack and then maybe some of the technologies. Okay. Um, we're very proud of our packs. You know, um, we just introduced them this year. I hadn't personally done a lot of work in, in pack development, had a lot of points of view from a, a hunting aspect, but we like to, you know, pave our own road. We don't, we, we're not followers and try to do unique things. And, but we had a lot of customer requests said, Hey, your fabrics are so quiet. I need a quiet pack. And our first kind of knee jerk reaction was like, okay, we'll just 
kind of take a, you know, established designs, kind of basic, you know, industry standard designs, put our fabrics on them and said, no, we need our, our, our packs to do something different and just went back to what are the problems and rattling, carrying rattling antlers being one of the biggest kind of challenges and uh, created what we call double back system, which uses the lower curvature of a pack to fit the curvature of a set of rattling antlers, kind of found a, uh, a way to pull the, the antlers together in the back of the pack and then still have a cross back storage system for carrying in gear because we're cold weather oriented, carrying your clothing in, putting them on close to the sand or as you cool down, really important. Hence the name double backpacks. One, one, one storage system being the lower storage system for antlers, the other being for whatever you want. So you um, could you can use that sort of to carry your bow or you can oh yeah, carry it. Absolutely, yeah. If and you're then, a yeah. mobile hunter, you want to carry your climbing sticks and stuff well, like yes. that. It was interesting because I think we kind of thought, oh, this is going to be great for antlers. And we had camera guys picking it up going, well, this is going to be awesome. I, I got side storage now for my for my camera arm. And, and they're like, and I, <laughs> sometimes we just get lucky and, and nail things. And we didn't design it to be a camera pack necessarily. We incorporated some things late as we got feedback but there's guys running in a big way on cameras. And then the saddle guys were coming in and, and going, did you know you just revolutionized saddle hunting? I can put my, I can put my, you know, harness and I, my platform in the lower compartment, still strap my sticks on the back. You guys nailed it. And we knew it would, it would, it would be versatile for other things. We just, I think it, it kind of surprised us how applicable it actually the pack was for more than just carrying antlers. So. Yeah. And it wasn't all that long ago. Let's maybe go back a decade. Nobody was thinking about putting lashing and strapping systems on their packs yeah. at all, just because right. you know that wasn't the way people were hunting, and, and it just wasn't something I thought of. I have a couple older packs at home, and I look at them now, and I'm like, gee, I wonder how I made it all those years just I using know. that. I know. I mean, you, you you took in what you needed, and you didn't think about the other things, or you came up with some kind of right. contraption on your own at home and did and did that. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this looks like a great pack, and as far as the um, versatility and adaptability with that with that lashing system to carry the antlers and stuff, that, that was one of the first things that grabbed my attention. Things like that. So, are there any I've other? I've never found a pack I liked, and I'm pretty hard on our own gear, but I I like our packs. They they do what they're supposed to do. Very and they're not they're not you know show ponies. They're they're workhorses though, and they're 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 bare bones and not bare bones. They're 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 very technical, but they're not fancy. Right. And but they definitely get the job done. Can you talk a little bit about the, the size packs? I mean, you have a couple different models, so let's talk about the size range there. Yeah, there's two different sizes. The smaller one's about 17, 20-ish uh, cubic inches, and the other one is around 24. Yeah, 2300, yeah. I think, something like that. So, so you have, That's my size pack, because I like to take more than I need. I I'm totally kind of that way, too. I just sure. I haul more stuff than really I need, but it's, it's nice to where you can organize them that way. And it's still, so both have the double back system, right? Um, and then the bigger one actually has a little bit more of a rigid uh, frame, not like an internal removable internal, frame. Yep, yep, yep. And also a waist belt too, which is also. I, so. it, they're not built for Western hunting or Alaska hunting. We have guys come in and say, yeah, I'm gonna take that pack to Alaska. And I'm like, no, no, it's yeah. not, it's not built for that. But I did carry a moose quarter out on our bigger pack <laughs> this year. Yeah. And it just to well. see if it would do it. Yeah. It worked well, as well as it I could make too, it yeah, work out. Well. And you work better than I did. Yeah. You are geared towards mostly stand hunters and whitetail hunters. Yeah. And so that makes perfect sense. Yes. But you still need that transportation system to get everything in and out, whether it's some of your clothing or your bow or, like you said, the antlers at the end. Yeah. Yep. Now, are there any other products you make that we haven't touched touched on? 
I mean, obviously, I've seen the clothing, I've seen the pack, but is there anything else you're offering? We have some accessories, too, that, that are in line with the different uh, seasonalities. So we have a lightweight series. Um, we also have midweight and heavyweight uh, accessories. Headwear and gloves, uh, handwear. And um, one of our, your, your famous stand cap, too, is a big yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. We have, you know, some short build, um, you know, more versatile cold weather pieces that have pulled down flaps with a back neck and they call the ev cap i guess and i have uh, to get one of your beanies yeah. my most important piece of equipment that's not related to my bow is having a warm head yep. and so i will start wearing a beanie as soon as it gets chilly if i can keep my head warm you can manage a lot of other things that's just my sure. personal yeah. thing it's crazy we, uh, we had two beanies last year and we were discontinuing one and coming out one was called the zone seven and we have a Zone 7 2.0, which we're really, really proud of. Yep. I don't even have a sample here, but it's kind of using the best of our double fabrics and some windproofness where you need it. You do not want windproofness in the top of your cap. Right. You, you want it around your ears, but there's so much moisture and perspiration that goes out the top of your head. And I think we can all relate. You take your hat off, you've been walking in, it's your, your head soaked. You want it's 10 degrees outside, and that's a problem. Yeah, and it's, it's too late though to keep your head yeah. warm once everything's all. You know, but if you don't have it and, like and you have a socking cap on and the wind's hitting your ears, that's a problem. And to my knowledge, we're the first people that have sort of done that hybrid of, of windproof where you need it and non-breathable, you know, non-windproof, more breathable where you where you need it as well. So that cap is, is stupid cool and it's it's like thirty bucks too. It's not a seventy-eight dollar, hundred dollar, you know overpriced cap well thank you guys for taking Absolutely. time out of the busy yeah. show schedule tony thank you for joining everybody if you're looking for great mid-season late season whitetail hunting clothing you have to check out codeofsilence.com code of silence we'll see you next time on the bow hunting podcast thanks for downloading the peterson's bow hunting podcast all bow hunting all the time Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com.